Have you seated? It is a, uh, a wonderful promise that God, a command even, and a promise that God says, search and you will find. And uh, as we come to God's uh, written word, we, we come to his written revelation to us where he speaks to us of who he is and, and what is important and what, what is the value of, of life and how we live into his very heart and mission. And, and today, as we continue in this third uh, Sunday of Lent, as we um, get on board, in a sense, with God's momentum through uh, the prayer, we're going to seek to connect with God about the transformation of our entire community, our city, our, our neighborhoods, and you might look at that and say, hey, you know, Drew, that's a little uh, overreaching, don't you think? You know, that's a little over the top. You might even say, I mean, that's a, a pursuit of something of biblical proportion. Which, I guess, should be our proportion. But it is over the top. But I think it is, as we'll see in God's word God's desire for us to pursue and even to have accomplished the transformation of our entire communities. I invite you to turn with me to Isaiah 61, verses 4 through 4, 1 through 4, and then Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. The Isaiah passage starts on page 603 in your pew Bible, if you want to turn there. And then Matthew uh, 5 is on page 786. Or you can uh, follow along on the screen or on whatever handheld device you might have. <laughs> Let's pray. Gracious God. We give you thanks for your written word that does speak to us of your truth, that, that awakens us, that leads us to, to, to prayers, to pursuing you in ways that are wildly optimistic and even dangerous because it's the nature of your kingdom. Otherwise, Lord, we could easily just sort of be stuck um, wanting to protect ourselves and just take care of me and mine or our own Speak to us, Lord, to continue to, to break us out of ways that we are neglecting your call and your, your blessing and the reason for your blessing upon us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Isaiah 61, starting with verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed. To bind up the brokenhearted, To proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To provide for those who mourn in Zion. To give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit, 
They will be called oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord to display His glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities. The devastations of many generations. Matthew 5, starting verse 13, the words of Jesus. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, this this week, as we begin this third week of Lent, as we're, we begin this journey of, of praying this week for the, the transformation of our communities, it's really sort of the, the other side of the same coin that we flipped last week when we were, were praying for God to awaken those who were far from Him, but close to us physically. And for for me, during our our time last week, three names of people that came up and and considering who are those folks that God has close to me physically who are in need of being awakened to God and, and the powerful love and relentless pursuit of God for them. And this week... As an answer to that prayer, really, two of those folks crossed my path. And we had time of of interacting with one another, of continuing to develop the relationship and and grow closer to one another and, and share little pieces, little hints of God's love for them. And one who was near to me physically, um, but far from God, who didn't uh, come to my mind, but he crossed my path and Through the time of prayer, God led us to a great conversation together. And I hope you had the same. In in your time of prayer, as folks were brought to mind, that God gave you the, the, the pleasure of interacting with them and continuing to develop that relationship for those who need to be awakened to God. But this week now, we, we, we move into praying... Praying for God's intimate love to be at work in our communities. And and the brokenness. And the pain. And the evil. That we find in our city. In our different cities. In our different communities. Our different neighborhoods. Because what we want... As we begin now to to turn our sights towards our neighborhoods, towards our communities, what we want is Isaiah 61 to be fulfilled in our communities. Right? That's what we get up for in the morning. So that we can be salt and light. so, So that indeed we'll be oaks of righteousness planted for God's glory. 
so that God will do that work because we want prisons to close. We don't want them to open, even though they're opening at a faster rate in our nation than ever in our history. The, the, the prison population is increasing at three times the rate of our population of birth. We want prisons to close. We, we want addictions to shrivel into nothing. We want families to flourish in the, the fullness of God's creation, right? I mean, we, we want the joy and peace that only comes from Christ to be in everyone's heart, in everyone's life. That's the, the picture that Isaiah is painting for God's people, that the ancient devastations will be rebuilt. Not just, well, we'll build a nice new building, but that which was devastated will be rebuilt. That which is ruined will be made anew. That's why we get up every morning as followers of Jesus. That's what God wants His church to be participating in. That the healing transformation of our neighborhoods, of our city, of our communities. God has not created the church to be like a lifeboat so that we can just get through the storm. God has not created the church just to be a bomb shelter that we can run to as a fortress in the midst of the destruction. He has not made the church a hospice for sinners so that we can die painlessly. Now, it serves that purpose, but that is not the full purpose. He is, I mean, the most common use in Paul's language of the church is not as a, a fortress or, or not as a, a hospital, but as an army with a mission. And that mission is to rebuild what is devastated and ruined around us. And I fear in our, in the midst of such trouble, we've lost sight that that's the picture, the biblical picture of the church. And so we can say, man, praying for the transformation of entire communities, that's crazy. But let's do something that's attainable. But... I propose to you that that's the biblical call. Consider a number of different characters in the scriptures. Uh, consider Daniel. Now, we've, uh, we've preached a whole, uh, gone through a whole sermon series on Daniel. So for some of you, I know you remember that perfectly. Uh, but there's others of you that weren't here uh, during that time. So I'll recount just a little bit of that story of Daniel. He was one of the leaders in Israel. A prophet, one that was wise, sought God. And Babylon, the nation of Babylon, during his lifetime, came through and destroyed Israel. Wiped it clean. And took Daniel and a whole bunch of other folks captive. Kidnapped them. Brought them to Babylon. Made them live there. And they did. Daniel and a bunch of his friends lived there. And the, the, actually, the, the passage we read from Jeremiah... It was God's word to Daniel and to those in exile. As you're in Babylon, in this city in exile, work for the welfare of the city. Work for the peace and prosperity of Babylon, where God has you. 
He was to work there, even though he was forced to live there. He was not a willing missionary. But God called them to be at work as salt and light. Joseph is another one. Remember, Joseph, he is similar to Daniel, was was sold into slavery by his own kin and landed in Egypt. But through God's blessing and leading and Joseph's following God's blessing, he became one of the most powerful people in Egypt and was used by God to lead the nation through a horrendous famine so as to save untold numbers of lives. And this is in Babylon and in Egypt. And of course, we see this embodied perfectly in the life of Jesus. For wherever Jesus went, He brought the fullness of God's kingdom. And so wherever He went, He he spoke truth and He healed disease. He, He offered for the forgiveness of God and He fed hungry mouths. He worked and was the transformation of entire communities. He was the salt and light of the world. And now, to the words of Matthew, he's handed that baton onto us. And he doesn't say, you know, you're, you're going to represent the salt. You're going to tell stories about the salt. You're, you're going to tell stories about the light. He says, you are. You are the salt. You are the light. Now, he fills us with his spirits. He forms us according to his character. We don't just sit down with us, give us some instruction and kick us out the door. But he goes with us, in us and all around us. But we are the salt and light of the world. Now at some point, you would have a right to object to this very, this whole point. By just outlining... But Drew, I mean, do you know the enormity of the problems that we face? Do you know the challenges in our communities, in our city, in our world? I mean, do you know all the obstacles and challenges that, that families face simply to seek to follow Jesus together? Do you know the unemployment and the ravages that it causes. Do you know the, the challenges of, of poverty and generational poverty? Do you, do you know how rampant greed is in and around us? Do you, do you know how much addictions, drug and alcohol steal life? How pornography steals relationships and love? And, and how it's just, it's increasing by ten times every decade. Do you know that in our community the foster care system is broken? Do you know just how many challenges our schools are having? That that in Cincinnati, the public school system this year is having discussions about how we best deal with a a $43 million 
reduction in the budget. In, in a school system where a third of the students live below the poverty line. Do you know those kind of issues and struggles that we face? And are you aware? Are you aware of just the increasing animosity? Subtle sometimes, direct in others, towards the church and the ways of Jesus. Now, are you aware of all of those kind of things? And I'm sure you could add to the list. And no, I'm not all aware of those. I just said a bunch of them. But this is what I am aware of. And that we gather, we gather here in the name of the God who created the very universe, who is from the very beginning the one who has shown that he can make a way out of no way. I mean, what season in the church year are we in? The, the purple's a hint. Some, some of you might know what, what season in the church are we in right now? Lent. Very good. Whoa, I'm impressed. And, and Lent then is a season that prepares us for what season? For what celebration? Easter, right, right? Very good. Y'all are encouraging me. And Easter. Easter. What happened in Easter that we celebrate? The resurrection. All right. Very good. And what happened at the resurrection? Jesus rose from the dead. Amen, right? That's the nature of the God that we serve, that we celebrate, right? He takes a no way and makes a way. Jesus wasn't just sort of dead. He wasn't just sort of asleep. His brain waves were not flowing. His heart was not beating. His muscles were not moving. Rigor mortis had set in. And God said, He is alive. And He came to life. That's the God that we serve. So don't tell me, do you know the problems out there? Tell me, do you know the God that we serve? And if we are serving the God of the resurrection, then we will be leading the way as the people of Christ into the pain and mess and struggles of our lives. We will be the light and the salt. And the salt does nobody any good in the shaker. And you know that. It's got to be poured out. Sometimes it's got to be rubbed in. And other times it's got to be cooked slowly. To really do its work of flavoring, of preserving, of, of, very, of transforming the very thing that it's in. The light does no good, Jesus tells us, in a bushel. It does no good covered up just for a few. It's got to be put on stand and it's got to shine. And friends, that's who we are. We're that salt. We're that light. That's where, where God has, has, is shining us. That's where God is pouring us into our communities for the very transformation by His power and for His glory. See, we, we can't make this happen. This is not a pep talk to go out and do well. 
uh, if it were that, then it would be a waste of time. My time and yours. Because this is a charge to rely on the very power of God. And to engage first and foremost in wildly optimistic and dangerous prayer. Well, what I'm going to ask for us to do, what, what I'm not going to ask, I'm going to challenge, I'm even going to dare you to pray this week by listening for what burden in the world around you has God placed on your heart. And you know why that's dangerous, right? You know why that kind of prayer is dangerous. Because you know what happens. When you start listening to God, and He starts putting burdens upon you. Because there's a bunch of them out there. And not all of us are called to any one. And there's a bunch that we do as a church. But there are things well beyond us as a community. But each one, God will be at work in each of us. And He will lay those burdens on our hearts. And this is a dangerous prayer. And the real reason that I don't pray it. And the real reason I bet that you don't pray it very often. Because you know when you start praying in that way, God going to say like he said to Isaiah who's going to come who's going to go who can I send to address that and God doesn't take too kindly in prayer for you when he's talking to you to say how about sending him or her that's why it's a dangerous prayer because God will engage with us And communicate to us that he has worked out that answer. Of how to address that particular issue. And that you're part of the answer. To the prayer that you're asking. So that's why this week. Whereas last week it was who who are near us physically but who are far from God. That that God can put on our hearts to... uh, That they would be awakened to Him. This week, it's what what area of of brokenness, of pain, of challenge, of evil in our city, in in your your city, in your your community, in your your neighborhood, your your workplace, wherever it might be. What is that, that place, those places that God is placing upon you to lift up to Him? In prayer. Amen. As uh, we, as a church, uh, continue to to seek and, and pursue the transformation of our communities, we need to to pursue uh, the the very. Uh, Health as a community, being, being strong and anchored in, in Christ. And we've got a, a lot of different issues on our plate. A lot of different possibilities. A lot of different ministries. And we are, in, in a sense, at a crucial time in our, our life together as a, a church. And the, the, the session... Those that are called and elected to lead 
us in, in the ways of Christ and, and to be a church that is pursuing God's kingdom to the fullness have, have recognized that and want to, to come before us in a, in a time of, of, of declaring their leadership and, and their desire to be in relationship with you so that we are, and as we were singing, we are one. Different roles and different responsibilities, but that we are one in ways of building trust and, and community. I mean, a number of, of things. In the last year, we've really had 11 different changes on the staff in terms of people retiring or going elsewhere or uh, people coming on staff. So a lot of transition there. Uh, but just part of the, the strategy and pursuit of God for the session. A lot of questions about the denominate, our denominational affiliation. Continue to work in pursuit to not wanting to, to lose the very core of what we are as a church. To be a disciple-making community. And as we enter into a season, this annual season of, of nominating uh, officers, pursuing God's lead for those who will continue to lead us. So, so because of, of those and other things, in that sense of the, the gravity of this time, uh, the, the session uh, of the church wanted to come before you and uh, uh, declare um, their commitment and to, to seek yours as well to follow Christ together. So I'm going to invite the session to come up here to uh, line the the platform <clears throat> so that you'll see who they are if you don't know. We thought about um, having each one of them hold a number and then giving out a bunch of sheets of paper and you write their name next to the number just to see who would win that. But we're, we're not going to do that. <clears throat>